Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Saul. I like that. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. All right, K.J.'s in the building, Brock. We are ready to go. He's back from Germany. How was it? How was the trip? Germany was awesome. The flight there was a little rough. I yeah. didn't sleep, but um, I upgraded on the way back. There we go. Got a Delta One flight. Stuff like a baby. But it was, it was really good. All right. Had a good time with the fellas. Got some good laughs. Some. Um, yeah, trick. what was the conversation? Yeah. You were with all the line, all the ex linebackers. Yeah. What was the conversation? What was the main conversation among the linebackers? It was funny. We was a lot of us was reminiscing on the time we had together. Reminiscing on the good old days, the the plays we made, the the locker room talks, the talks in the meetings, and um, yeah, it was just really just nostalgic. Do you talk about us. the current team and and talk about how these young kids don't do it right, and if they were only more like <laughs> you, they'd be better? We did talk about the linebackers. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was some good in there. It was some good. Good okay. in there. And um, but yeah, like those guys really I told them I told them when I was out there say, you guys really taught me the meaning of what a dog is. Like David Hawthorne was a dog. Lofa was a dog when when he was uh playing in his glory days. And so I just told those fellas they really showed me the way. And I'm glad that I was able to do it for my younger bucks as well. Hey KJ, about a half hour ago we had some pretty big breaking news for the other team in town, the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Uh, very they're always very active in the offseason with acquisitions and trades and they make a big trade for a Blue Jays outfielder to Oscar Hernandez coming to Seattle for a couple of relievers. I'm curious from your perspective, looking back in your NFL world with those guys, with Lofa, with Hawthorne, mm-hmm. what was it like in the offseason when you would see maybe a, a trade for Jimmy Graham, a trade for yeah. Percy Harvin, an acquisition of somebody in free agency? You remember what that did to maybe the locker room or, or, or were you dialed in? Uh, in the offseason to how the team was going to add? Oh, absolutely. My first NFL experience, I saw Lofa get released. Mm. Like, I met Lofa. We built a relationship quickly, and all of a sudden he was gone. You just saw, like, the devastation amongst the fellas. Like, man, this is our guy. This was our captain. And he's just gone in the blink of an eye, and just all these things get moved. And it happens so fast. No one knows about it. No one sees it coming. It's just a unfortunate part of the business that just happens and you just got to roll with the punches you just got to deal with it and like it definitely does take a toll on the fellas you know no one saw lofa coming well that I first, salk did I, I, that salk did I, kj yeah. ask salk ask salk right now well, I, salk, salk did you see did it coming, you see it coming? <laughs> I, I did but but that's that's Why? because i watched him and i i had just moved here and everyone was like lofa tatupu is a god and he's unbelievable i had watched his dad Mm-hmm. Right, I had watched Lofa's dad growing up as yeah, a mostly. fullback in New England, mostly Tatupu, and I was excited. I watched. It, I was like, "That guy's not doing all the things that you tell me he's going to do." And and I get it when when sometimes when somebody comes in new from the outside, mm-hmm. you have just sort of a different view of the situation. And I just he wasn't he wasn't the player anymore that he had been or that he had been built up to be. And I say that with great love and respect for Lofa, who's a great guy and was a fantastic player, as you said, in his prime. But I think it's funny that somehow sometimes the players on the team don't always seem to recognize what you can see. We're we're naive to it. We're naive. And that's why we're not GMs. You know, the players are not GMs for a reason. And um, GMs, they should have that eye. They should have that that future. Like, okay. What would the future be with mm-hmm. a player? And so as a player, we're, we're tied in. This is my brother. I love this guy. I want to ride this dude till the wheels literally fall off. <laughs> and so that's why we get paid to play. GMs get paid to GM. Coaches get you know paid to coach. Uh, what happened? 
as you and the linebackers are watching that game, Tampa ran it 44 times. That was oh the God. most carries they had had in, or- in their organization in 15 Man. years. They had averaged 60 yards rushing a game. They were dead last in the league. They ran for 166 on those 44 mm. carries. As you and the linebackers are watching that, how and why? Brock, I did my homework last night. In all of the losses that the Seahawks had, they've given up over 160 yards rushing. 160 yards plus rushing. And if you go back in time, remember when I was talking to you guys about the gap scheme runs with the powers, the counters? They ran that until the Cows came home. And the Seahawks did not have an answer for them. They put Godwin in, in the run fit as well. They used him on, on um, cuts and got him involved in the run game. And we simply could not defeat a block. We simply got pushed around up front. Hmm. And we simply did not make any adjustments to even slow down the run. And so that was the name of the game. And then you saw Tom Brady got back there. So Man. what would you have done, KJ, there before Brady? What would you have done then to stop that run? Well, each, every team should have a go-to. When it comes to stopping the run, when all when all this fails, I'm going to call this call to stop the run. Whether it's a blitz, whether it's just a simple call where we get eight man in the box, we got to have something to where we have got to stop the bleeding. And so, if it was me as a defensive coordinator, um, one of my all time favorite blitz, we're going to call a slasher. We'll just get guys slanting and just bring guys off the edge, or we just simply call a cover three hmm. where we get guys in the box. When I was playing, our, our call was Frisco. With all this fails, we're going to call Frisco Sky, and we're going to stop the run. They can pass for 500 <laughs> yards, but you're not about to run this football on us. And so um, I just didn't see the adjustments that I was looking for, uh, especially after halftime. Okay, halftime, we got to make an adjustment. So I just felt like we was just way too conservative and did not make the proper I mean, still Tom Brady on the other side, though. I mean, like, can can you afford to do that? Can you afford to go Frisco against Tom Brady? Absolutely, right. because Tom Brady was running the ball. That's true. <laughs> the Bucks was running the ball, <laughs> and so you got you got to stop it. And he saw Tom Brady was Tom Brady when he got back there on the play actions, play action downfield. What What does it feel like when you're being run over? It's demoralizing. It's like you feel so helpless. You saw just guys getting pushed around, and just the explosive runs. The safety's got to make. You know, the safety's just got to make these open field tackles. That is not sound football. That's not sound football where the guy just bursts through the line. The safety just makes a one-on-one tackle. It's good. That's what you pay him for. But you don't want it to get to that third level of the is defense. Is it more frustrating than when you're getting thrown on? Absolutely. Even even if the chunk plays are 10, 15, 25 yards in the passing game over and over again, yes, it's still right, worse. It's like slowly. You're like slowly just bleeding. Like there's nothing we can do to stop this. And um, you just looking at it. They ran the powers. They ran the counters. They ran the power pass. And it's like you just so off, off balance and you're so out of sync and you can't get your pass rush guys going. Did we get a sack? We did not get a sack. Mm-hmm. We did not get a sack because we couldn't stop the run. You got to earn the right to rush the passer. That's an old, all-time saying. Earn the right to rush the passer. And so, guys, if you do not stop these guys, then we can't even blitz them. Mm-hmm. Like you saw, how many blitzes did we have? Probably two the whole game. Because it was so out of sync, the Bucks was ahead of the chains. You could not get into the groove as a play caller. So the go-to was Frisco Sky. Did that have anything to do with San Francisco and stopping Frank Gore and their run game and Harbaugh, or did that precede even them? <laughs> That's a good question. But I, well, I believe that you know Coach Carroll was with the Niners back mm, in the was. day, yeah. uh-huh. and so um, a lot of our calls were based off of cities. We got Phoenix, Frisco. Boston, Mesa, Mesa, Arizona. Hmm. And so all our calls are based off of cities. 
And so when you look at Coach Carroll, maybe he brought that. Like, okay, I was in San Francisco. What's Mesa? What are you doing, Mesa? Mesa is um, that's when Cam yeah. comes in the box. I go to yeah. the edge. Cam comes in the hook. You tattoo. That's what you do in Mesa, Arizona. You get tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like the idea of Cam in the box. That sounds pretty good. Oh, absolutely. You call a lot of Mesa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the base version. Okay. Phoenix yeah. was a nickel version when Cam was in the box oh. and I was a buzzer. So it's very Arizona based to get Cam going. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Alright, we got a lot to do with KJ here over the course of the next 50 minutes. Do want to remind people if you're just kind of tuning in today, we did have breaking news. Mariners with a deal this morning. They trade for Teoscar Hernandez giving up Eric Swanson and, and uh, pitching prospect Adam Mako who by the way is the 8th prospect in their organization according to whoever ranks those things. So number 8 prospect and uh, Eric Swanson, a reliever for one season of Teoscar Hernandez, who can really hit, hits the ball hard, hits for a lot of power as well. All right, KJ's back from Germany. We found out a little bit about what the linebackers were saying. We're going to talk some NFL storylines with KJ a little bit later in the hour because there's a ton going on. I've got a, I have a lot I need to find out, so stick around. We've got a lot more KJ, and I'll ask him the same question that Pete laughed at me for yesterday. Next, <laughs> on Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. KJ Wright, of course, for this full hour of Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710salesports.com. And it's driven by Wayscar Ford. Uh, Pete made fun of me yesterday. Yes, Brock? Of course he did. Uh, can I just ask you uh, one question? Quick thing on this Teoscar Hernandez, not because yeah. I think we can continue, and KJ loves his And Mariners it is too. official now. The Mariners have acquired Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays in exchange for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. Before we get to Pete making fun of you yes. and seeing and, and KJ up for the same question, yes, does this mean no more Mitch Haniger? I mean, I would certainly think so. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine you're going to have two right-handed power bats that play mediocre defense, and I say yeah. that with love and yeah. respect. Um, they're just they're not plus defenders. Hard to imagine you're going to get two guys in their 30s to play your two corner outfields, both as right-handed bats, yeah. especially with Julio playing center field. So, well, kind of to KJ's point, like just the suddenness of wow, yes. this guy's been here forever. Mitch yeah. has been here forever, yeah. endured so many injuries and everything else, and I think loved by many and had an intensity sulk that played a, a key role in this season really challenging the organization and while they wanted him back i think this is the right move hey, can you I get a little question? bit younger hey yeah quick question what is the age in baseball where they start looking at you funny like uh, in nfl it's i think it's 30 what's, uh, what's depends the on the position yeah um 30 yeah, I mean, 30, your prime is 27 to 31, mm -hmm. I would say, is sort of the generally thought of 26, maybe, the yeah. prime of your baseball career. Once you get over 30, 31, maybe even 32, yeah. they give you some funny looks, but <laughs> power hitters can, ten, can generally go a little bit longer because yeah. they don't have to run. And the brutal thing, KJ, for them baseball dudes, unlike you and the NFL guys that are free agents after four years, yeah. you get drafted, you have to deal with three and, and, and maybe a fourth year. In, in Major League Baseball, it's six. Six years. Six years. So you toil in the minor leagues like Mitch Haniger did forever, and then you get mm -hmm. to the majors, and he gets through six years, and he'll be 33 in December before yeah. he ever is able to hit free agency. He hasn't hit free agency, so it's going to be 33 So everybody can't be a Julio. No, that's a no. that's a rare a rare situation. But yeah. at the top end, 
There's some money. There's some real significant no, oh yeah. money oh yeah. Absolutely. to be made there. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good point, Brock, and we'll, we'll address it certainly uh, after the hour. We'll spend uh, most of the 9 o'clock hour talking through the uh, Teoscar Hernandez deal for the Mariners. I love it. I'm happy. I'm excited. Looking forward to watching him this year. So I, I asked P. At first, I asked virtually everybody whether or not this was the beginning of the Geno Smith era here in Seattle? Like, is that what we're watching now, the beginning of the Geno Smith era? And, of course, when I asked Pete, he laughed. Oh, no. Whoever knows. Who says stuff like that? Yeah. <laughs> Radio, Radio host. No, you look back and you say stuff like that to me. But but he's doing great, and we'd love to be playing with him. And, and uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll take care of business when, when the time is appropriate and all of that. But uh, you can – I don't see why you couldn't project that Geno can play. You know, why, why, how can anybody – what more can we ask for from the guy? We just need to keep pushing him out there and complimenting what he's doing and, and keep his head on straight and make sure that he stays healthy and, and don't run the ball very much. You well, know? KJ, now that you are uh, a radio host and uh, <laughs> certainly not a coach, yeah. what uh, what do you think? Is this the beginning of the Geno Smith era here in Seattle? This is the beginning. This is the beginning. He is the guy going forward. And, you know, the question is, you know, Coach Carroll said, when it's time to handle business, when is that time going to be? Is it during the season? Is it during free agency? I know that the more time goes on, the more, you know, the better he continues to play, continue to make these um, phenomenal plays like he made to God, or not to Goodwin in the end zone. He's continuing to show people, man, I can make all the throws. Man, I am a good quarterback. And so I believe that his price tag is steadily going up. Hmm. It's steadily going up. People around the league are starting to notice him. And don't let him get a Pro Bowl. Don't let him just mess around and sneak around and get a Pro Bowl. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? I mean, if the season ends right now. And the NFC, who is it? I mean, it's probably. Who is it? Jalen Hurts. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, and Gino. And Gino. Mm-hmm. Those are three. Well, Those are... let's wait and see what happens because yeah, Brady's yeah, yeah. still around and Aaron Rodgers is still around. Like, yeah, but Brady's not going to play in it. You know, he can get right, an So you may get like the fifth yeah. Pro Bowl nod or He'll something get like an that. alternate. And so on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm if, loving if, what I'm seeing. If my memory serves me right, and sometimes it doesn't, KJ, but more often than not it does, and it's a lot better in sulks. If my memory serves me right, didn't you sign an extension in December one year? Yep. yep. How did that work? I, and, I, and I suggest that Gino does not do that. Don't don't sign it that late. I did it in my, in my mind. I'm like, okay, KJ, it's your first time. They gave you some money you've never seen Jump on him. Get this Get this money that you will probably never see again. You know, you don't want to risk getting injured or whatever. The thing that I did not do my, my fourth year NFL is that I did not take out an insurance policy on myself. Mm. I'm assuming, I hope that, that Gino took an insurance policy out on himself. So you get that 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 um that clarity. Like, if I do get hurt, I should peace be Peace of good. mind. I have that peace of mind. I didn't have that peace of mind when that money was on the table. How much money can you take out an insurance policy for? I mean, can you take out a policy for $25 million on yourself? Yes, but you got to pay a, a pretty a big... Bet. Yes, you got to spend some money. Yeah. Lloyd over there in London's making some money. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. Right. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I did, that's, that's why I did. I was like, I got this money on the table. KJ, go take it. In hindsight, mm. if I went to free agency, would have probably gotten more. You know, this went to the, like you went to the Super stayed, Bowl. You mean you could have stayed here but still gotten more money even? Yeah, I could have hit the market and gotten more money. Yeah. You know, we went to the Super Bowl that year. How much more could you have gotten? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is it worth it? Or do you think that there's an element? <laughs> Man. I mean, I'm, 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 no, I was happy with what I signed, but it could have been, it could have been 30. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> it could have been 35. Who, who knows? And yeah. so you've seen some guys get hurt in their contract year. 
Don't don't get the money. See, you but have you, you have it. No, he hasn't morphed. Does hold get on. Their money. Hold, hold on. He has they still get paid. He well, hasn't morphed, has he? See, he's still in hey, player mode. I know. Hey. He's still. Hey, hey, sign the deal in hey, December, hey, Gino. Tell Good me about how Quandre didn't get paid this offseason. He got hurt. He still got paid. Hey, I live by the saying: pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. <laughs> when you got it, yeah, you got to get it. You got to get it. And you've seen some guys, like Quandre, for example, got hurt, got paid. Yeah. I've seen some guys got hurt, didn't get paid. Dak got hurt, got paid. I mean, no. I think the NFL is, honestly, I really do think the NFL has changed a little bit mm. in that regard, that they do seem to be more willing to pay guys now after they get hurt. Okay. I, but, but KJ, I, but, but, I, KJ, but KJ. there's still a huge risk. Okay, oh, he's he's giving me a disapproving, a disapproving shaking of the head <laughs> for the organization. KJ, Talk for the organization, me. it would be better for them to lock Gino up next month. Absolutely, I, I believe so. Next month? How about this week? It's the bye week. Is this the week you talk to him? I yep. Get him done. I, I think so. I believe that the more time lingers on, the more that his price tag goes up. Get them done now. You know, show them your appreciation, Gino. You've done a phenomenal job. We traded Russ. We brought you in. You've done everything and more we could have asked for. You put us in prime position to, to first of all, we went into the division. You put us in prime position to make a playoff push when nobody believed in us. You got the job done. Let's make it happen. Let's all right, so it done. If, if you were able to get Gino signed, what comes next? What does it mean for the future of the Seahawks? We'll ask KJ that and a whole lot more. Plus, we got tickets to give away, right? We've got our, our KJ Wright tickets. So we'll have a question for you, something KJ has said. Hopefully you've been listening. We already got it. Maura and Justin and I already got Whoa, the question. All right. Yeah. Jeez. We're on it, Salt. We're all right. Well, it. I'm focusing on Teoscar Hernandez. What do you want? of my life uh we'll have your chance to win four tickets four tickets not two four tickets yeah, boy, four Just, last week i know well hey we're uh we're we're pigs and hogs over here uh hopefully we'll get slaughtered uh we'll give you a chance to win four tickets to go see the seahawks and the raiders november 27th at lumen field with a kj related question next it's brock and salk seattle sports on 710 and the kj Wright show which is brought to you by muckleshoot casino this, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. All right, KJ's in the building, of course, and we got to give away our four tickets to go see the Seahawks and Raiders. That's our next game after, uh, after the holiday. Raiders. KJ's two teams. My two teams. And who are you going to root for? Stop it. <laughs> it's two quarterbacks, too. Where's, two your, quarterbacks. where's your loyalty between the Seahawks and the Raiders? I'm rooting for the Seahawks. Okay, I do want to get on the sure. sideline, though, before the game and say what's up to the fellas. I'm sure there's some people you really liked and I, got to know I, I in Vegas. I want to see Denzel Perriman, uh, Max Crosby, um, Derek Carr. You know, I saw his post-game we're press conference. We're going to play that here oh, in a few oh, We're going to talk we're about that. Deal with that. Yeah, All we're right. going to talk about that. Uh, Max Crosby's good, huh? Max the home. Max the man. He's a really good player. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So we got tickets for that game for, uh, yeah, the KJ Wright grudge match game. Seahawks <laughs> Raiders coming up next week. Uh, if you can answer this question, you got to be first to call. Do not text. I might start blocking people who text this. Don't text. Just call. Don't block anybody. And you've got to no, be the first no, person. No, don't block anybody. I'm willing to. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm saying I'm willing to. <laughs> 866-979-3776 is the phone number. And we'll wait a minute before we open up the phone so that the people listening on the stream, CLSports.com, aren't uh, missing the boat. But what defensive call did KJ want to make whenever they were getting run on? Mm. 
What was the name of the defensive call you have to make yep. when you're getting run on? And we threw out a few different names, but it was the one that KJ wanted to make yep. when you're getting run on. So, if so it can... had two words. Are we going to accept both? Do they need both? There was a front and a coverage. With oh, them. that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Let's not do that. To you, just, okay. you just want the name of just the, the code word. Just the code word just for the, the call. If right. you can answer that first at eight six, and you have to answer it first. People say, "Oh, you never pick up the phone." There, there's like five phone lines. A thousand people call at once. We only get one winner. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. All right. There's a there's that. Phew. We'll tell you who won here in a little bit. Um, all right. So let's say you sign Gino. Yeah. Let's say he says yes. Yeah. Gino says yes. He put a ring in his finger. And now what? You have four picks in the first two rounds of this year's draft. Mm -hmm. You've got hopefully some money because as much as you are going to pay Gino, it's not going to be the 40 million range on one of these crazy numbers that that the top quarterbacks get. So what's what do you do? What do you want to do next? What does this team need? How do you take a team that right now has been good and make it great next year? I believe you continue to build the team and you continue to build around Geno. I believe, first off, you look at defensively. How can I get better defensively? Because we all know that defense wins championships. What else can we add to the puzzle? I believe we can. I heard Brock earlier. Can we get better in the tenure D line? Can we get a pass rush? Can we add a linebacker based off you know what happens with Cody? And so I don't believe that when it does happen, let's say it's a guy you get your top pick you know from the Broncos. If it's a quarterback that you absolutely love, maybe you take it. Right, let's say guy, there isn't one. Let's say there's no quarterback. Don't you reach. Love. Don't reach. Okay, so let's. So don't you're not reach. going to the quarterback. Nope. What do you do? You, let's say you get the number six pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And you can have it. What position do you want? You want a lineman like a defensive lineman like Brock? Start starting the interior, D line all day, D line all day. Get that top top pass rusher. Get that top three technique. Someone to control the line of scrimmage. Someone to just dominate, get penetration. Someone you can build around to help out these linebackers. So I'm all for taking defensive lineman in the first round. You start in the in the interior and you go out from there. Uh, we are going to get to some NFL stories, but mm-hmm. before we do, yesterday KJ was one of those just aha moments that you you would think after 12 years of talking to Pete is Salk and I have gotten an opportunity to. I've heard everything, but I haven't. I haven't. And yesterday uh, we had Hassel back on at 8:30, mm-hmm. and, and then Coach Carroll 9:30, and Matt gave us a little background on Competition Wednesday and why now Matt, as a coach at a high school for his son, yeah. is like, oh my gosh, there was such genius in this. Here was Coach Carroll elaborating. I want to hear it from your perspective personally. Here was Coach on what Competition Wednesday is all about. You come off a game, and a game has an effect because of the outcome of it one way or the other. And what we want to do is neutralize what that effect is so that it doesn't change our ability to get focused on the new opportunity that's coming up. So by competing, that's what that's what we gather. And, and so, you know, we talk about matchups. I mean, we do the same thing we've been doing for a long time. We talk about what offensive players are going to match up on what defensive player. We put their pictures up and mm-hmm. make a big deal about it. And we, when something happens in practice where they go head on head, you know, we see who won and that's where shoot-offs come out of and all, and all kinds of things come from that. That and, uh, and, and just getting back to the – it's always the day of fundamentals. We mm-hmm. give a presentation on that day of a new, special, unique little fundamental just to keep us connected to the basics because I've, I really feel like during the course of the season, teams get worse, and they, they don't necessarily get better at the, at the basics of it, and not all teams, but they, they tend to lose the edge that they came out of camp and the offseason and all that with, and we don't ever want that to happen. You only had one year outside the program. We talked to me, Bain, and others that have experienced life outside in a bunch of different places, but I am curious. Yep. Now you can look in the rearview mirror at a competition Wednesday. Did it do everything Coach Carroll just talked about? Absolutely. 
It reset your mind. You just hit the reset button. You got back to the basics. He um, had the shootouts, and um, he just had guys. And this is the game plan. We're facing Kirk Cousins this week. This is what he does well. This is what they're, what, this is what they're not good at on defense. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. Um, then the red zone period, to start it off. We're starting with the red zone period. We're going to start fast, and it's just us. We're not working on our opponents. It's just us competing against ourselves, getting back to the basics, getting fast, getting physical. And so I love it. He's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I, I was struck by that last part, Brock, there where he says the teams tend to get worse during a Ooh. season rather than better. Do you think that's true? Bo- I mean, both of you guys have been <laughs> on a lot of good football teams. Is that true? Yeah, yeah you get worn down, man. You get beat down. If all yeah. you're c- c- concerned about is the results and you're hearing all the noise and we'll get to Russell and we'll get to the Raiders and poor Derek Carr crying and everything else, yeah, it beats you down. <laughs> and it, Yeah, and, and the game is mental. The game is mental, Sock. It's all mental. How can you get your guys' mind focused on the, the task at hand? How can you get, get guys' minds on the finish of, of the football season? And so he does a phenomenal job in just – I use the word program. He programs guys' minds to just take on a season and really finish the season strong. Okay, so give me a, a competition. In your years there, on a Wednesday, where maybe you got matched up with somebody. I don't know if it was always on the football field. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was off. Okay, come on, give me a couple from the locker room, or if not you, a couple of the most <laughs> epic personal competitions you, you remember in your decade. <laughs> well, it's funny. What Coach Carroll would do is he would put guys' pictures up. He would put a guy's picture up. He's like, the matchup we're looking forward to see, Luke Wilson versus K.J. Wright. The match I'm looking forward to see is Richard Sherman versus Phil Bates, and he would put guys' pictures up there, mm. and it's just he just does stuff like that. So when you're faced with a guy at practice, if it's Phil Bates versus Richard Sherman, he's like, okay, Coach then called me out. If I get an opportunity in this one-on-one rep, I got to make sure that I'm on the highlight film come Thursday. And so he just does little stuff like that to where he just programs your mind to like, I'm going to come out here, compete to be the best. I'm going to go at my my teammate. It's going to be really healthy competition to get us ready for Sunday. Yeah, I like what he's doing now, right? And I don't know if he did this when you guys were there, but the uh, the jump balls. Have you seen that? Since you can't like have any contact anymore, they're doing like basketball jump balls yeah. where where two guys have to jump up. I think they do it with a football yeah. and try to try to do uh, try to win the jump ball, yeah. which I think is a great. Like non-contact yep. competition. I love that one of my all-time favorites was Shaquille. No, not Shaquille. Shaquem Griffin in the Rock, Paper, Scissors. Mm. He used to do that and all the time. And Shaquem would come, Rock, Paper, Scissors, do his thing. And his man had me dying. He would put, his, <laughs> he would put his left hand out. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, bro, stop it, bro. This is not funny, but it is funny. And um, that was my all-time favorite. It's only funny because he thinks it's funny. Yes, right. yes. And he made the most out of it. He made light of it. So you it was, know, it was when you say that, I just got to say, as, a, as, a, as somebody who's never played a game at a high level, I'm sure there are fans out there who are frustrated to hear you say that NFL players or or any professional athlete mm-hmm. still needs to be told to focus, still needs help focusing. I'm sure there are fans out there saying, yeah. are you kidding me? You make millions of dollars getting to play a game that I got to play you know, for free and loved, and you yeah. can't focus. The only thing you have to do in your life is play football or play baseball or play basketball, whatever the case yeah. is. How do you need help focusing? Well, here's the thing, and this is why I love the Jeff Saturday hire so much. I believe it is a head coach's sole responsibility to lead young men. And when I, when I say that, you'd like, guys, get off focus. These are young 21, 22-year-olds who have the world at their hand. They have all the money in the world. Just women are flocking at them left and right. And so distractions are there. 
distractions are there. And so that's why I believe you got to have a man in place to help guys just get, you know, get through a football season, have help guys in the offseason. And so when Jeff Sider was hired, I love that. This man, he's done it as a player, pro bowler. He's You see in the media that he's smart. Get this guy in there to help these guys get back on track. And so Coach Carroll does a phenomenal job of that. I believe Jeff Saturday would be phenomenal. And so two great head coaches, not two great head coaches, but Coach Carroll is a great head coach. And I believe Jeff Saturday has the potential to be phenomenal. See, so you focused on the focus part of that. Mm. To me, it is a reset of just competitive juices. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I think a lot of people would go, professional athletes, you need to you need to reset them to be competitive. They're the most competitive. Blah, 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 blah. No, in this day and age, with all the noise, with all the distraction, yeah. you need guys to be on the edge and be sharp. Well, and, and you the need mon- them. And the money, right? I mean, you get paid. You get yes. taken care of. I mean, like, are you still as competitive? Do you still have the same fire as you did before? And you know what I love about this? And I see this on the college realm at the highest levels of college. I yeah. still hear coaches talk about this all the time and say, yeah, so-and-so, gosh, just if I, if I can flush the fear of failure. If I can flush the perfectionism, if I can flush that out and just get them to play, just get them to compete. And you know what that Wednesday does, man? Hey, I I may be on that screen Thursday. And like, if I don't go out here and compete, you know, it just flushes out like, oh, oh, I'm going to be under the bright lights or I'm going to be exposed or I'm going to just go compete. Well, and that sounds like Pete and his, you know, growth mindset stuff probably fits nicely into that. Mm -hmm. You know, who was talking about this yesterday? It's so funny you brought that up, Brock, because I almost I almost uh, tried to find this sound to see if we could cut it as I was uh, watching Golf Channel, as I do essentially every day in the middle of the day as I fall asleep. Uh, Rory McIlroy was talking about almost this exact thing yesterday and saying, yeah, I could make more money. Yeah, you know, because because I think Greg Norman was trying to say that the whole live tour thing has helped them make more money. And he's like, yeah, all right, I might I might finish my time with more money on the tour, but I don't think I'll be any happier because of it. I play for more than that. I play for myself. I play to for the challenge. I play to beat the guys around Mm -hmm. me. I play for the for all of those Mm -hmm. things. And he said it much better than I just did, because Rory is an incredibly smart dude. Yeah. But but there's got to be more to it. And and, and so I've seen it go both ways. I've seen some guys get paid. And they just hit the chill button. Like, they just lose that hunger. They just lose that intensity. They just lose that fire. And I've seen some guys that have gotten paid, and that that just increases. Like, I got to prove my worth. I got to show how special I am. And so it definitely goes both ways. And it's really sad and unfortunate on the other side. Because Do you I've, think you could tell ahead of time? If so, a, if a player yeah, like which way if, they were going to handle the money mm, uh, I don't want to say that some personalities you know scream a little different than others mm-hmm. but um I don't want to say it but Brock you got it I'll let Brock in <laughs> well it's it's cut seven okay because as we transition to the other place you were I mean you, you can hear it from their quarterback talking about whether it's competition buy-in want to all of it poor Derek I thought his mascara was going to smear when, when he did this. Hold on. That's not cut seven. I got to go oh. find that. <laughs> Are you sure? Not his mascara, bro. Not his mascara. Hey, that's not guy liner <laughs> that he wears? No. It looks like guy liner. He has dark eyes. All right, fine. Here you go. Here's Derek Carr. To finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. 
Just so we could be there for each other. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off. I'm sorry. It, it, it sounds like an audition, like a like a. Sounds like Con Air. Nicholas Cage and Con Air is what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, like I'm, I'm I'm all for men being vulnerable and expressing themselves. Yep. I it, I, I didn't I didn't quite connect with that. That that was a little. It was a little too much. That, that was a little over. That was a little, over, a little the over the top. That was a little over the top. And um, you know the crying. You know it's you won two games. And um, I get if it was a Super Bowl and you just lost in heartbreaking fashion. That was that was really hard for me to connect with. And and I don't know if he was throwing shots at his teammates. I, I felt like I was hearing shots at his teammates. If, if all guys were bought in, but the crying and the that was hard for me to connect yeah. with. Yeah, it seems like the whole Raiders thing is a mess. By the way, like why don't they just keep Rich Passaccia or Rick Passaccia? What, what, why did they not do that? That's, Weren't you guys pretty successful at the end of last year? The players love Rich. The the players respect him. He held everyone accountable. We won four games to get into the playoffs. He put guys in position to be successful. He held guys accountable. It's a no-brainer. Mark Davis. Okay, so how do you, how do, you do that, KJ? Take us in the, inside the locker room. Okay, so there's Derek Carr trying to do it, uh, like Nicolas Cage, right? <laughs> Try, trying to really motivate, I guess, teammates that they all care and take enough melatonin to sleep and pain pills and everything else. Yeah. On the flip side, in Bronco country, everyone's clamoring for accountability for the quarterback. Mm. Like, everyone's yeah. like, okay, who, who is it going to be? Like, where is it going to come from? Like, how are you going to, to, to reach Russell Wilson so he can be coachable and do the things that, that Pete had him do for a decade there? Yeah. How do you go about doing that? When I was with the Raiders, we went through our, we went through our stretch where we was terrible. And I went up to Derek. I said, hey, Derek, I, I need more from you. Like I know, I understand you're not a rah-rah getting guys face type guys, but I need from you is to just I need you to hold guys a little more accountable. I need from you when you come to the sidelines, it's not just moping around, just down. I need you if you have to go to a guy, get get in this, do what you have to do, because you're well respected amongst your teammates. You have a voice in this locker room, but you have got to use that voice man to man to bring out the best in guys. And so you could do it in front of the podium, you know, and you know, I, I get it. That's that's your style. But the best leaders address men face to face, um, in the in front of the team meeting and one on one, whatever it is, to get guys on the same page. Okay, so along those lines, now it wasn't in the team meeting and it hey, wasn't for Frank, the cameras. Just, can I just yeah. jump in quickly here? I just want yes. to because because I know we're sort of following two stories today. And Teoscar Hernandez traded to the Mariners uh, earlier today. I just want people to know we're going to talk to Justin Hollander, Mariners general manager, in 15 minutes after KJ at nine o'clock. Oh, nice. He'll stop by for just five minutes here, and we'll just kind of get a sense of why the deal got done, who they gave up, why they did this, what's going to come next. So if you're if you're kind of tuning in and looking for both things, yeah. Yes, we will talk to uh, Justin Hollander coming up awesome. in about 15 minutes at 9 o'clock. Very Go nice. on, I'm sorry. Well, it wasn't, you know, for the cameras. He, he, they were mic'd up. I think Russell was mic'd up. Uh, it was a playoff game in frigid temperature, if you remember that one. And, uh, Justin, I think you have the, the sound of this. This was, to me, a level of accountability that Doug Baldwin didn't want it for the cameras, didn't know it would ultimately get out. But here was some accountability. I'm, I'm curious to dig into this further. Here was Doug yelling at Russell. Look at me. It's one play at a time. All right? There's no rush on anything. We are going to follow you. You lead us. Okay? Like I told you before, you lead us to darkness, we will follow you. Okay? So strap your up and let's get this. Let's go work. Let's do this. Let's go. 
KJ, so, most important no. question. What what is bleeped out of that? Could you give us the word? No. I'm just no. <laughs> hey. it, you know what? In retrospect, KJ, did it, honestly, as I'm looking at Russell's struggle in ways never imaginable, I think even Seahawk personnel watching him struggle there in ways they never imagined. Were Sherman Doug actually some of the best antidote for Russ? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they brought the best out of him. They brought the best out of him. And it, it wasn't always the prettiest. It wasn't always the most peaceful. But it was needed. It, it was needed. It was needed to, when you see something, say something. Let's address it. Let's get on the same page. Let's not sugarcoat it and just sweep this under the rug. I love you enough to be honest with you. And it may be hard. Your, 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 your best friend may not tell you. Your agent may not tell you. But I want to win. I want to be a champion. And so I may have to have those hard conversations with you as a man. If Derek Carr wants to take that next step, he has to have those hard conversations. He has to get in somebody's face. <laughs> And he needs someone to get in his face as well. And so when you look at the, the, the good teams, the good leaders, that is what it looks like. Absolutely. I'm fascinated. That's, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. So all the times that we played that sound, we kind of made fun of Doug and everything else. I know, do I owe Doug an apology? I think Doug needs to come on the show. Do I owe Doug an apology? For what? Because I, I hear that over the years all the stuff, and it, it just felt personal with him and Russ. It felt personal. It didn't, from the outside... It felt like at some point it drifted from, as you said, accountability into personal, into mm-hmm. almost dislike. And yeah. and because of it, I, I never thought that was appropriate. I felt like he let it get the best of him. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and Salk and I were Team Russ. I mean, to be totally transparent 100%. and fair. I mean, we were Team Russ all the way. I, I didn't love when, when Sherm would throw Bevel under the bus and do that stuff. I didn't love some of that sound. Like, hey, man, Russ is giving you everything. Russ is, plays the most difficult position on the team. Russ is carrying a lot of this burden. And you guys just keep tearing him down, whether it was publicly or privately or subtweeting <laughs> or any of that. But now looking at it in retrospect, and I know it's just nine games in Denver, but holy smokes, does it feel like Russ needed the Shermans and needed the Dugs and needed that conflict yeah. and confrontation? Should I apologize to Doug? I think you should. I think you should. Okay. Not apologize. You had your opinion at the time, but have a, have a conversation. Say I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that if – if um if I had a conversation, several conversations with 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 Bobby, and Bobby could not get that done for me, bro, we we got a problem. Mm. I'm coming to you, man to man. Hey, Bobby, this is what I need from you. This is what I'm seeing on the field. X, Y, and Z. And he doesn't respond. I re- we don't have a, we don't have the relationship we have today. There's been several hard conversations that we've had together, and um I responded. I responded, and he's responded. And if I and if Doug did go to Russell and he did not respond. I believe, that's, does anybody, I believe that's a problem. Does anybody train NFL players to have those conversations? No. I mean, like, I, I spent some <laughs> yeah. – I, I, well, I, I sound sort of ridiculous maybe, yeah. but I, I spent some time in management. I'm thankfully not doing it anymore. And that was one of the things that we spent a long time on, especially here in the notoriously passive-aggressive Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. How do you have confrontational conversations with people yeah. without, you know, blowing up the relationship and blowing up the business? Yeah. Does anyone teach NFL players how to lead or how to have those difficult confrontational conversations? No, because the way it happens is that you build a bond with your guy. You build a relationship. And so I know Bobby this well to I know I'm not going to call Bobby out in front of the whole mm-hmm. defense because we're going to be scrapping. Like, we're going to be fighting. <laughs> I got to take Bobby. Are you going to win that fight? I'm not going to win that fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't stand a chance. I know that I got to, I know that I got to come just one-on-one. Man to man, go to his locker. Hey, bro, this is what I see. This is what we got to get done. And some guys I know, hey, 
I could I could sneak I could say their name in front of the defensive room. I I can call them out to an extent in front of the whole team to where we cool, he said this, and we all good. And so you build a relationship to where you know your guy so well, this is how I can, this is how I can approach him. Hmm. Best thing you ate in Germany was? <laughs> I was struggling. I'm not going to lie, Brock. I was struggling. Yeah. I, some fries maybe? Schnitzel? I, yeah. I mean, what is that? It's like, you know, fried chicken or fried pork or whatever. No, I don't eat pork, and I okay. didn't get any fried chicken. <laughs> That's too bad. I, I had some uh, what was <laughs> <laughs> well, what's cool is they had like this robot that brought your food to you at the hotel. Mm-hmm. It had like this robot you just order at the bar, and like this robot like from Rocky Four. <laughs> I've never seen Rocky Four, <laughs> okay. and um, it just brings you your food. I thought that was probably one of the coolest things. It's a robot, like a life-size robot, like the Terminator or something. They no. have that at the Westin in Buffalo too, actually, of all yeah, places. You Buffalo. call room service, yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah, like thing comes to your door and like your phone cool. rings to let you know, hey, R two D twos here. <laughs> Is that what it looks like? It did. Yeah. Not not like the Star Wars joint. It, was, okay. it was, wasn't like a human robot. It's like okay. a, a thing that just brought the food. All to right, you. that's still kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. cool. Yeah, you going back? No castles though. No castles, dude. Um, you went all the way to Germany. You didn't go to a castle? I know. I know. It was like two hours away. So? You'd already flown for like 13 hours. Well, I had stuff I had to do. What? Let me, let me Hang out that. with David Hawthorne? That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and um, those fans in Germany, those fans know their Seahawks. Yeah, they were into I it. I felt like, I felt like, name a famous person. I feel like Obama out there. <laughs> I feel like a Barack Obama out there. Everybody recognized you. Germans. Everyone's like KJ, but with a with a with an German accent. accent. You're a legend, man. Like man, Legion of Boom. It, oh, that's it, awesome. That's it, it pretty cool. Oh, that's okay. They know they see all. All right, who won the tickets, uh, Justin Moore? Who won the tickets? We got ourselves Nick and Kent. Nice job, hey. Nick. Going to the game. Who knew that the answer was Frisco? Frisco. Right? Frisco. Frisco Scott. Stop the run. Frisco Frisco Scott. Better call Frisco. KJ, it's a fun hour. It always goes too quickly, but thank you. We appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. Yes, bye week. All right. Yes, bye week. Actually, it'll be I won't fun to have Doug in we'll next week, Brock. too. Yeah. I'm we'll not be... going to be here, but maybe, oh, maybe I'll get Doug the next week. I, I, got, I got vacation. What do you want in my life? So it's going to be Brock and I? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'll we'll bring in. It. I'll bring in. Well, I'll wait for Doug. Yeah. I'll bring in Cliff next week. Okay, there you I go. Like that. Let's yeah. let's have Doug. Like, let, why don't you bring Doug in? I would. I would like to say in that person. I was wrong in person to Doug Baldwin. Do you think we could do that the week after next? Let's ask him. All right, we'll ask him. We'll see how this goes. He'll probably say no. I wouldn't blame him if he did. All right, coming <laughs> up next, uh, the Mariners make a big trade today. Teoscar Hernandez is a Mariner, and we'll talk to the guy who made that deal, Justin Hollander, next.